listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on into episode number 172. We're going to go ahead and recap a red-hot show at Chicago Style Wrestling's Ota Valor from this past Friday night. We're going to look ahead at a big weekend from WWE, NXT, and AEW. Plus, as part of our coverage and sponsorship for WAW North America's A Night to Remember, we welcome the number one contender to the POW Entertainment Heavyweight Championship, and he'll be front and center at A Night to Remember, the Ace of Spades, Scott Spade. We're going to get into that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708 708- My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Back here on Windy City Slam Podcast, and before we get into the national and local wrestling news, former WWE champion superstar Billy Graham passed away this past week at 79 years old. He's charismatic. He was... An amazing athlete, very strong guy. And in, back in the 70s, he defeated Bruno San Martino to win the WWE Championship. He's one of the few heels in the first 30 years or so of WWE to actually get any semblance of a run with the WWE Championship. So, very interesting there. And he was definitely an inspiration to a lot of stars that came after him, like Hulk Hogan, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, and so on. Condolences to the family and friends and fans of superstar Billy Graham. All right, coming up this weekend, we have a lot going on in WWE, AEW, and NXT. Starting with Saturday afternoon, May 27th, the WWE Night of Champions in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. That'll be noon central time on Peacock slash WWE Network. And for the tournament final for the inaugural World Heavyweight Championship, Seth freaking Rollins takes on AJ Styles. And the winner of this match will defend the title on WWE Raw. And I believe it will be Seth freaking Rollins, like I thought from the very beginning when the brackets were announced. I just feel that he's the right guy with that title. And with Roman Reigns kind of dominating the other titles, it'll be good to see a world championship defended more frequently in WWE. And Seth Rollins will be the guy for that. And not that there's anything wrong with AJ Styles, I just think Seth Rollins is the pick here. And then we have a grudge match between Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. The undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship, and this is interesting because we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending the titles 
against the Bloodline, and no, not Jimmy and Jey Uso. It will be Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. So if Roman Reigns ends up winning this match, he'll have not only the WWE Universal Championship, the WWE Championship, he will also have the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. I think Owens and Zayn will keep the titles here in some fashion. WWE Intercontinental Championship, and this is going to be awesome because one of Chicago's own is getting a shot in this title. Gunther defends against Chicago's own Mustafa Ali. Mustafa went through freelance wrestling, Dreamwave, and other local promotions before signing with WWE a number of years ago. He hasn't had too many title shots, so this is really cool for Ali to get this shot. And as dominant as Gunther has been, I would love to see Ali win, but... Oh, man, I uh, I think Gunther's going to hold on here. And then we have the WWE Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair defending against Asuka in a rematch from WrestleMania. And then we also have Trish Stratus against Becky Lynch. And then we turn to Sunday, May the 28th. AEW has double or nothing. But if you're interested in going to a viewing party, they will be showing at Hollywood Boulevard in Woodridge. And local wrestlers Vic Capri, Chico Suave, and Gunner Brave will be there for meet and greet, photos, autographs, all that good stuff. Kind of cool to see all those guys there. And then you could stay and watch AEW Double or Nothing. And that card includes the Pillars 4-Way match for the AEW World Championship. MJF defends the title against Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and Darby Allin. And for the AEW World Tag Team Championship... FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler defend against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, and Mark Briscoe will be the special guest referee. Sounds like a messy affair there. And then we have an AEW TNT Championship match. It'll be a ladder match between Wardlow with Arn Anderson in his corner and Christian Cage backed up by Luchasaurus. In a 21-man blackjack battle royal for the AEW International Championship, Orange Cassidy defends against 20 other men. That'll be interesting. And then we have the AEW Women's World Championship. Jamie Hayter defends against Tony Storm. And then just made this past week in AEW Dynamite, we have Anarchy in the Arena match with the Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta taking on the elite of Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Hangman. Adam Page. And for the AEW TBS Championship, the undefeated Jade Cargill defends against Taya Valkyrie. In a trios match, we have the firm, Ethan Page, the Gun Club, taking on the Hardy Party of Isaiah Cassidy and the Hardy Boys. Now, if the Hardy Party wins, Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract. And then finally, the unsanctioned match, one I'm really looking forward to, Adam Cole, baby, takes on Chris Jericho. Moving on, Sunday, May the 28th, NXT Battleground in Lowell, Massachusetts at the Sarga Center. This will be on Peacock slash WWE Network. We have the NXT Championship with Carmelo Hayes defending against Braun Breaker. The tournament final for the vacant NXT Women's Championship. It will be either Roxanne Perez or Tiffany Stratton taking on Chicago's own Cora Jade or Lyra Valkyria. I'm just feeling a rematch here between Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade, and I think Cora Jade finally gets the win and hold that NXT Women's Championship. British Rounds Rules match for the NXT Heritage Cup. 
Noam Dar defends it for the first time in NXT against Dragon Lee. NXT North American Championship in a triple threat match, Wesley defends against Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy. And in a last man standing match, we'll have Ilya Dragunov versus Dijak. Moving on to the local scene, this past Friday night, May the 19th, Chicago-style wrestling presented Ode to Valor at the American Legion in Franklin Park. I checked this event out on IWTV. It was a packed house once again at the American Legion. Good stuff there. Starting off with the number one contenders match for the CSW Championship, it was all-day Marche Rocket defeating Joey Jet Avalon and Hades X1X when Rocket pins Avalon. And then we had CSW GM Steve Arendt revealing that TJ Steele and Eric Schultz sued him and not the company. And they won. And then Steele and Schultz came out to gloat and still throw champagne at Steve Arendt. So what does this all mean for the future of CSW and for Steve Arendt? We'll find out a little bit later in the show. CSW Women's Championship Sierra pins Shaza McKenzie. So Joey Avalon, Sierra's boyfriend, comes into the ring with Sierra's title belt, misses hitting Shaza, and nearly hits Sierra with it. But after that craziness, Sierra ends up hitting the backpack stunner to retain the title. Trio's tag team match, we have the hate keepers of Solomon Tupu, Jay Marston, and Shane Boucher, but no Shane Hollister. And they defeated Cody James, Marco Anthony, and Sean Mulligan. It was supposed to be an eight-man match with Hollister and Adam Stallion on the other side. But Stallion was attacked before the show outside by Tupu, Marston, and Boucher, taking him out of the mat. So the Hate Keepers ended up winning the match when Tupu pins Mulligan. And then late in the match, the Hate Keepers end up handcuffing Cody James to the guardrail outside the ring. We had dogface bastard Greg Murray running in to help. Cody James actually took the piece of the guardrail off and attacked the Hate Keepers. But eventually, the Hate Keepers recover to beat down Cody again after a low blow. So the Hate Keepers stand tall after that trios match. And that was probably a sign to come later on. And then we had the Monster Cypher pinning Devil's Little Princess Heather Reckless after a devastating choke slam. Late in the match, Hades X1X tried to run in, but Cypher quickly dispatched him. And Cypher gets the victory. CSW Metro Division Championship. Iniestra pins superstar Steve Boz to win the title after lots of outside interference. So Steve Boz's reign ends at, I believe, about 451 days, if I'm taking the math from Stan Payne correctly on that. So Team Sexay, Jax Johnson, and Ryan Matthews tried to screw Boz, but he kicked out twice. Boz then accidentally superkicks Ref Turtle. Attorney Eric Schultz runs out, but to no avail. Then TJ Steele comes out, uses Eric Schultz's briefcase to take out Boz, leading to the pinfall. After the match, Steele proposes a future bout with Boz, and if he wins, he controls CSW. And if Boz wins, CSW GM Steve Aaron is absolved of his debt. Aaron chooses the stipulation, and he says he's going to be the special guest referee. That's going to be really interesting, and I believe that match will be in July. And then we had MLW champion Alexander Hammerstone pinning Vic Capri after the pendulum bomb. And after he hit that move, Capri immediately clutches his knee as he gets pinned. And referee Dev Anderson immediately throws up the X sign. So hopefully Vic Capri is okay. 
I know his career is winding down. This might be his last full year in the ring, and he just recovered from an injury a few months ago. So hoping that this little knee issue with Capri is not serious and he can finish up strong. And then for the CSW Tag Team Championship, Big Mood of Mattel Valentine and Jack Moody defeat Team Sexe of Jax Johnson and Ryan Matthews when Moody pins Matthews after a double-team move to retain. Joey Mayberry and Jillian actually help Big Mood after Matthews tried to use the tag belt to hit Moody. So a little bit of a reunion there between Mateo and Joey Mayberry. Glorious and yummy. And now everybody's happy and harmonious. And then in the scramble match, we had Shelly the Bombshell Benson coming out the victor, defeating Chris Miller, Duke Montgomery, Eric Schultz, Adam Stallion, and Mario Pardua. As Shelly pinned Schultz after Shelly and Pardua used the Doomsday device to clothesline Schultz. That was an awesome visual. And then your main event, the CSW Championship, the TLC match. Conan Lycan defeats Axel Rico to win the CSW Championship. So it was a parade of outside interference. Tupu interfered. And then it was a double team with Tupu and Lycan on Axel. Then Adam Stallion comes out in defense of the champion. And then Jay Marston and Shea Boucher come from the curtain. And Axel does a suicide dive onto them. And then Cody James comes out and throws Boucher through a table. Now that was a sight to see. Rico powerbombs Lycan into a table. But as Rico's going for the belt, Marston and Tupu stop Rico in his tracks. And then Tupu hits a Samoan drop on Rico. And then Lycan swantons on to Rico who has spread across two doors, straddling six chairs mid-ring. Lycan then climbs the ladder to grab the belt and the victory. Conan Lycan's a hell of an athlete, but I am really saddened by the fact that Axel Rico dropped this title. Very briefly, Axel was Axel four belts, and now he's back down to three. But this was probably the most prestigious out of all those four. It was a nice six-month run for Axel Rico, and hopefully he'll get another shot at top of CSW. All right, coming up this week, we have Thursday, May the 25th, the PWX Power Hour in Streeter. Friday night, May the 26th, Fourth Wall Wrestling presents episode 28, The Phantom Manus, at the La Pica Lounge in Milwaukee. Also Friday night, the 26th, Guerreros Internacionales at Galley Studios in Villa Park. On Saturday, May the 27th, we have ICW Milwaukee with a doubleheader at the bar. One show at 3.30, the night show at 7.30. On the 27th, we have Defiant Pro Wrestling, Freedom Ain't Free, in Dwight. And then Saturday night, May the 27th, Janesville Wrestling Alliance presents Superstars and Collectibles 14 in Janesville, Wisconsin. And then Saturday night, May the 27th, Crash Tested Wrestling returns with a strong show called Collision Course at the Dean and Barbara White Community Center in Merrillville, Indiana. Main event, we have the Crash Tested Wrestling Championship. The Kang, Miles Mercer, defends against Cody James. And then it's B.O.W. versus Marche Rocket. Tag Team Action sees High Society, Nick Diamond and Counselor Eric Schultz versus Turtle Thunder, the Amazing Turtle and Jay Thunder. Fallout Ace Bradley takes on career killer Chris Miller. John Francis squares off against D'Angelo Steele. And we're going to get a contract signing for Destiny with Cameron Wayne and crash-tested wrestling GM Steve Arendt. And then we'll also have the final two opening round matches for the Lethal Lottery Tournament. 
Saturday night, May the 27th, Racing Championship Wrestling presents the next episode at the Old Milwaukee Pub in Racine. And the show features the crowning of RCW's first women's champion in the main event with La Muneca, Leslie Michelle, and Missa Kate. And Racine's very own Sweet Brown Sugar will defend his 262 heavyweight championship against the system with Rob Squad. Sunday, May the 28th, Ileana Pro Wrestling at the VFW Post in Richton Park. And matches are as follows. We have the IPW League Championship as co-holders of that title, Aaron Stone and Flash Harris, defend against Damian Gray, and the winner will take all. And then, contract signing with Max Holiday and Backwoods Brown for a cage match in the fall. And then for the IPW Junior Heavyweight Championship, EJ Swatson defends against Kid Lat, and the first of two Rocket Pro Wrestling Championships defended, we have the Chicagoland Championship gauntlet with the Amazing Turtle defending against Renee Van Peebles, Sean Danger, and TW3. For the IPW Alternative Championship, Russell Alltime defends against Steve Arendt. The Second City number one contender match sees Joey Dalton against D'Angelo Steele, and for the Rocket Pro Intercounty Championship, a five-way match. It will be Rion Skills defending the championship against Jay Thunder, Corey McHenry, Muggsy James, and Peter B. Beautiful. All right, coming up in moments, the top contender to the POW Entertainment Heavyweight Championship. He'll be busy next weekend at POW Entertainment's weekend of events over at the Brower House, and he'll be part of WAW North America's A Night to Remember. We welcome the Ace of Spades, Scott Spade. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Maven, former WWE superstar, season one, Tough Enough winner. Make sure you catch Windy City Slam podcast wherever podcasts are available. So Windy City Slam, check it out. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Cross Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast this week. One minor change. We only have one guest, not two, and we'll explain in just a minute. But as part of our coverage and sponsorship for WAW North America's A Night to Remember, we welcome a special guest. He's the number one contender to the POW Entertainment Heavyweight Championship, and he's a former champion as well. The Ace of Spades, Scott Spade. Scott, how you doing? Good, Mike. How are you? Good. We originally supposed Thanks for to having have, me on again. I appreciate yeah, it. We originally supposed to have you and Mistress Misery on tonight, but Mistress Misery has been busy doing all kinds of other things in, in the background there, so uh, she will not be joining us this week. Yeah, her work never stops, and uh, 
giving out misery is a never ending job. So. Yes, indeed. And you, sir, are the number two all time most listened guest on Windy City Slam podcast. We're so glad to have you back on. Nice, very much. Oh, who beat me out, by the way? Yeah. Impact Wrestling star Dirty Dango, the former Fondango from WWE. Oh, uh, never heard of him. <laughs> well, the dirt sheets had a little something to do with that as well. The, they advertised that interview a little bit and got a little extra listens with him. So I'm very excited for those numbers. But you, sir, are still the number one independent wrestler right here on Windy City Slam. So you have that victory. Cool. I appreciate it. Yep. All right. So first things first, we have an action-packed weekend of power entertainment coming up Saturday, June the 3rd with Summer Explosion and Sunday, June the 4th with You Better Work. Both shows at the Brower House in Lombard. Russell Rage 20 was there last year. So what is the experience going to be going back to Brower House? Uh, last year at the Russell Rage 20 was a packed house. It was sold out. It's a really cool venue. They have concerts and all that kind of stuff there. And it was really cool atmosphere. The lighting was great. The music was great. And overall, it's a, it's a really nice place to have uh, a, show, a show at. I wish it was a little bit bigger. We could have fit more people in there. But it's kind of a very intimate setting. Uh, so, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like you filled the place up for rage last year and that was a, a heck of a card with the big uh, five on five tag match and some other great matches in there as well yeah it was a total sellout with uh some standing room also and yeah there was a lot of intensity that night after the the whole entire year of the scw versus power feud so so scott you and mistress misery will be busy as you go for the power entertainment championship when you challenge hunter Payne on saturday night june the third so as a former champion, how does it make you feel they have Hunter as the champion? A guy that seemed to have it in for Power Entertainment for the better part of a year as part of Southland Championship Wrestling. Yeah, a lot of people claim, including everybody in SCW, that I was the one that started the war between the two companies. But it's obvious that uh, Hunter Payne is really the guy who did it because he's the guy that attacked me that October before last year's WrestleRage to start this whole thing off. He claimed I did, but obviously that's not the right case. And for some reason, he's aligned with Jimmy Blaze, and they seem to have become on friendly terms with each other, and the fans have uh, taken to Hunter, which uh, I can't really believe because I don't think he's trusted or he's a trustworthy guy because I've known him for a long time as well. But uh, just like I told him at Fox Lake, I anticipate – and I'm extremely confident that that belt is coming back to where it belongs. That is my belt. I have owned that belt in the last five years more than anybody else in the history of that company. I have the longest reign in the history of the company with that belt, too, by the way. One full year. So I plan on winning it for the fourth time. I don't care how big and strong that guy is. And he probably is the strongest guy I have ever been in the ring with in my entire career. He's a big but, dude. Uh, Everybody's seen me wrestle before. Uh, I'll pull out all the stops. I don't care what it takes, legal or not legal. I'll get the job done, and I will walk out of there with my belt for the fourth time. So Mistress Misery will be with you in the corner, but there's one name and one person who won't be in your corner, and that's a man named Tiny, who you had an association with for a couple of years. He was your bodyguard, uh, part of the noise, booze, and tattoos when you and Rough Crossing were teammates as well. So what happened with Tiny and how did things fall out? 
The deal with Tiny is he did it to himself. He caused four different separate instances for me to give reason to fire him. You know, it's one thing if somebody makes a mistake or an accident, you know, I'll give you a second chance. But four times is enough. And it turns out he's not uh, he's not the guy to get the job done anymore. So the straw that broke the camel's back was when he lost to Meat Hooks? Yes. Uh, the original time was uh, he let Eric Freedom spank my mistress. And he did nothing about it. Uh, the next time was a six-man tag. He uh, hit Max Holiday, one of my partners, with his brass knucks and cost us the match. Uh, the next was a SCW show at uh, the Steam Hollow Brewery. He no-showed. Didn't hear from him. Don't know where he was at. And then this last time, yeah, he lost to Meat Hooks when he should have easily taken Meat Hooks out with the size difference alone. Mm-hmm. So... That was the end of that, so I put a stop to that, so he's gone. So it's an accumulation of things that kind of led to everything breaking down. Yes. Okay. So now uh, we switch to Sunday. Sunday, June the 4th, you face an up-and-coming Moondog, Greg Murray, as part of Powell's Pride Show. So what have you seen from Greg as his career begins to take off? He's only been in the business, I believe, two years or just less than two years, and he's been all over the place. I got to give him credit. He's getting his name out there. And uh, he actually had one of the most memorable moments of my career here recently at a company that I will not mention uh, for certain reasons. We had a three-way match. It mm-hmm. was Kazile and myself and Moondog. And he got busted open so bad. It might be the bloodiest match I've ever been involved in. There was actually pools of blood on the mat. They weren't even soaking in. There was that much blood. Yeah. And uh, that was a very, very memorable night in both of our lives, I think. And uh, he was never the same after that. And I think uh, he's gotten a little bit hungrier. But if he thinks he's got a chance against me, and we've wrestled a couple times, I plan on making that three-way match that we had, that blood that blood flow that he had looked like nothing compared to what I can do to him one-on-one. So my next question is this, you go ahead and you win the championship, the power entertainment heavyweight championship from Hunter Payne on Saturday night. Would Sunday's match against Moondog be a title match? Absolutely. I will defend any belt that I have any place, anytime in any company in any city where I'm at. I always have an open contract to anybody that wants a shot. Uh, when I had both the POW and SCW heavyweight titles at the same time, they were always on the line. And even when I was a triple champion, I had the SCW tag belts. That was also on the line. So if I got pinned, that person would get the other half of the belt. I'm always a defending champion no matter what. And I don't think anybody else can say that. Well, no matter what anybody thinks of Scott Spade as a wrestler, a person, a human being, you have to respect the fact that you are a fighting champion. Always. That's what it's all about. To be a champion, you have to be a fighter at all times. Speaking of belts, recently you were gifted the old Powell Entertainment Television Championship, and that's a championship from the early years of Powell. So what was it like to get that belt back in your possession? That was awesome. Um, I have one of the old tag belts. I'm kind of a memorabilia collector, especially when it comes to my career. Uh, and it's actually one of my favorite designed belts also. 
That belt was created in 2010 when Justin James was the very first person to win that belt in a tournament. And then uh, I beat him for it. And then Rough Crossing beat me. I won it back and then I ended up actually leaving Powell for a couple of years. So, and then I believe in a tournament, Don Dynamite was the next guy after me, after I left. And then they actually merged it with the regional title at the time. So it was a combined belt. So really the only four people that have held the true television title was Justin James, myself, Rough Crossing, and Don Dynamite. And then when I came back, I won the world title for the first time and Hardcore Craig held that belt and we had a unification match. And unfortunately he beat me and he, he unified both belts together and it was retired, I believe in 2015, 20, I'm sorry, 2016. And then uh, a fan ended up purchasing it and I've been kind of hounding him for three years to, uh, to get it back, to bring it in my collection. Cause you know, I want the belt that I actually won myself. I'm not just going to try to get a belt just to have a belt, you know, it's got to have that sentimental meaning to it. So uh, he called me up a couple weeks ago and said, Hey, I'm ready to uh, let it go. And you're the first person I told you that I would let know that this is going to happen. So I said, Hey, I will immediately take it and I'll meet you anywhere you want to meet me. So yeah, I ended up getting it uh, last week, last Saturday. So it's, it's, it's excellent to see that, that belt again. Cause it's one of my favorites. Did he take you to the cleaners? Uh, no, not really. No, <laughs> no. Yes. I did pay him for the belt, but no, it was not a fortune. Okay. So going back to you better work on Sunday, June the 4th, Mateo Valentine is going to have a big hand in helping produce that pride show. And you had a series of matches with Mateo just a little over a year ago, and he really earned your respect. So what do you think about Mateo and what he's done so far in his first few years of wrestling? Got to give credit where credit is due again to him. He's, uh, marketed himself and advertised himself very, very well. And he's uh, getting to be a pretty good name around the scene here locally. And he's traveling more now too, but uh, he's going to have his hands full with this Effie character. Uh, I've, I've heard of him, but I've never seen him wrestle, but credit to him for uh, becoming who he's become now. He's, he's a great uh, entertainer. That's going to be a big time match at that show. And Effie's nationally known as being a pioneer in the LGBTQ community. So it's pretty awesome that that match is going to headline that show. Yes, absolutely. They both deserve to be there. And uh, it's pretty cool just in general that, that we're going to have a show to represent and to promote the whole community, too, because uh, I fully support that. You know, anybody that wants to do whatever they want to do should be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So one more question before we get to W.A.W. Uh, you've had a chance to see Tony D'Angelo work, uh, the former Joey Ariola, of course, up close for a bit before he was signed to WWE. So what did you see in him while he was working in POW? Yeah, Jimmy Blaze broke him in, and I was one of his trainers. Um, him and I got along really well. I've known him since he was probably in grade school uh, through a mutual friend, uh, his uncle. And uh, he just said he has natural athletic ability. And he had a, he worked out really good. He had built up a really good body and all the moves and the, just the movement in the ring he took to very naturally. So it's no surprise that he was able to go that far that quick. He's got that amateur background that's really, really good. He's also got the character down really well, too, with the Italian accent. Oh, yeah, that that's a natural, too, because he is full Italian. So that does help for that, for sure. But amateur background, I think, is a key to quick success as it was in the old days 
Because if you had the amateur background, that is really the foundation of professional wrestling. You know, no matter how much you use it in the ring, you know, nowadays nobody uses any of it. But back then it was a it was a major player, mm-hmm. especially in all the world champions. They were all legitimate, you know, collegiate wrestlers that could carry themselves. And uh, if any issues came up, they could uh, protect themselves if they had to. All right. The date is Friday night, July the 28th. WAW North America presents A Night to Remember at the Tinley Park Convention Center in South Suburban Tinley Park. Scott, you accompanied by Mistress Misery, will go up against Golden Boy. Greg Anthony is part of the show. Now, Greg is a former three-time NWA National Heavyweight Champion, and he's a well-traveled veteran based in Tennessee. So what do you know about Greg Anthony? Uh, I've heard the name for a few years now. Tennessee is pretty much my home away from home for wrestling. I've wrestled there for years and years and years. Rough Crossing and I have gone down there and wrestled a long time as partners, mostly in Middle Tennessee, Nashville area, dozens of towns around there. We did a little bit in East, but we've never been to that West side of the Memphis side of Tennessee. And that's where Greg is at. So he's got uh, his own thing down there. And we're both the same age, practically wrestling as much time, you know, same time in the business together. Mm-hmm. But uh, I never got in the ring with him, never met him. But uh, I think he's in for uh, a rude awakening because I plan on completing my domination of Tennessee since I've already done Central and East. I'm ready to conquer the West. Now, this is going to be a really stacked show. You got superstars such as Zach Zodiac and Soraya Knight. Everybody knows who they're related to. You have Tom Latimer. You have the NWA World Women's Champion Camille. You have Miranda Gordy. You have Miles Mercer, Willie the Bomb Richardson, C Red, Moondog Mary, and so much more. So, what is it like to be part of this super show? It's very cool, especially to be part of the very first one, to be the part of the first of anything of a, you know, any brand new company or any event is pretty special. And to be at the Tilney Park Convention Center, too, being a really big arena, you know, we've got a chance to have you know a lot of people there. Plus, the parent company, WAW, is based in the UK. So this just doesn't have the ability to have local eyes on you. But then you're having people from all over the country, like Greg Anthony and Mustang Mike. And then you have people that are internationally coming over from England. So you have eyes on you all over the world. So who knows? who sees who and, you know, what they like about this person, who knows, they could open the door for anything. It's like travel, not just all across the country, but all across the world. And maybe some of the younger guys will get some really nice attention as well. Yes. I'm sure they're going to be eyes are going to be on every single match watching everything. And hopefully nobody uh, misses the opportunity to, uh, to be at their best that night. I sure know. I sure know. I will. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Scott, uh, if a fan is on the fence for buying tickets to A Night to Remember, what would you tell them to convince them to attend this show? By seeing myself wrestling in person alone should do it. <laughs> um, but just the way this this event is promoted very professionally, you can see wrestlers, like I said, not just from around here, but from all over the country and some of the UK wrestlers that don't come over here that often, maybe once a year or even less than that. You have NWA stars, Tom Latimer, Camille. So it's it's a whole big mixture of kind of hand-picked people from all over the place just to converge on this one show to, to start it off with a bang. So once again, it's Friday night, July the 28th. 
WAW North America presents A Night to Remember at the Tinley Park Convention Center in South Suburban Tinley Park. Scott Spade, with Mistress Misery at his side, will face Golden Boy Greg Anthony in one of the featured matches. You can get your tickets at eventbrite.com or check out WAW North America on Facebook for more details and information. Now, Scott, before I let you go, I'm admiring that mint on card masters of the universe vintage collection that's behind you right now so what got you into collecting the mint on card masters of the universe uh that was my favorite cartoon when i was growing up and uh i had all the toys when i was little you know to play with and then uh i got to be collectors i got older and uh that was one of the number one things i wanted to have all the guys again that i used to play with but uh i wanted to go for the actual collection the value kind of the investment in it so I believe there's 69 individual figures and I'm only missing four. And that, those four amazing. are pretty expensive. Yeah. Do you know which four off the top of your head you're missing? Absolutely. Uh, I need the original He-Man, which I had at one time, but I sold him because he had a cracked bubble. Uh, I need the original Faker. And in the very last series, there was two robots called Rotar and Twistoid. Wow, yes. And I'm they're happy. probably all over 1000 to $1,500 a piece. Wow. So, if you can find them. Yeah. The money's not the hard part. It's if you can find them. That's the hard part. Yeah. Especially mint on card at this point. Yes. Considering they're from the 80s. Hard. Yes. Because it's so hot right now in the last four or five years. I used to buy uh, on eBay in $60 a piece, maybe when I first started. Now you don't see them for any less than three to $400 a piece. So they've gone exponentially through the roof. So I'm glad I started when I did. I think with the nostalgia value of the newer cartoons coming out, the Kevin Smith cartoon, and then uh, the origins action figures kind of reminding everybody of how it was back in the day that you can find in Walmart and Target and stuff like that. I I, I think that's a big part of the boon recently. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too big on redoing or rebooting cartoons you know, or, or movies for that matter, because I like the originals and some yes. of the originals, you know, shouldn't be messed with because mm-hmm. it, it makes it you know, different and waters it down and changes things. But that Revelations on Netflix is really, really good. I, it really surprised me how good it was. And I'm, I can't wait for the next uh, season to come out. Yeah, I'm very excited about that as well. I really enjoyed it uh, immensely. And that the only thing that even compares to the original is that series, in my opinion. Yep, I, ha- I have all the original cartoons on DVD. And, uh, you know, they're so corny, they're good. And they're so good that they're corny. Yep. But, um yeah, it was supposed to come out in uh, last December, the new Netflix one, but we haven't heard anything yet. And I just heard the other day that uh, the lady that played Evelyn in the movie is going to be the motherboard. Yes, Meg Foster. She's going to be the voice of the motherboard uh, character in this new one. And I can't wait to see what Hornack looks like because he's one of my favorite characters. And it's cool, too, that they involve everybody from the whole entire action figure series in the cartoons of the new Netflix series, mm-hmm. which I thought was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, that's awesome. We see a lot of those characters that may not have been in the filmation uh, series originally. You get some of them now in Revelations, which is really cool. Yeah, because they made the, half of the figures after the cartoon was done. They kept mm-hmm. making action figures. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, Scott, before we let you go, plug your social media if you have any merchandise available and upcoming events. I have Facebook, uh, A. Scott Spade, and same thing on um forgot to name it um <laughs> Instagram. i don't go on too much the uh let's see i have a 
Mr. Unprofessional t-shirt, Noise Booze and Tattoos t-shirt, and A. Scott Spade t-shirts. They're all available and a big giant book of photos at the merch table at every show. Instagram, that's what I was trying to think of. There's the word. I got an Instagram now. Uh, throw pictures up there every now and then of the good stuff. And then, yeah, June 3rd, June 4th, July 28th. And actually this week, Greg Anthony, you never know. I might come over there and show up. So you better be on your game. You never know where I'm going to be. All right. Once again, uh, WAW North America, July 28th, Scott Spade versus Golden Boy Greg Anthony at the Tinley Park Convention Center. And Scott, thank you so much for joining Windy City Slam once again. Absolutely. Anytime, Mike. Great interview once again with Scott Spade. He's one of my favorite people to interview. Just has so much respect for the industry. So many great stories. And that vintage mint on card, Masters of the Universe collection. I mean, I am very envious of that man just for that. But great to talk to Scott Spade once again. And we look forward to seeing him and Mistress Misery at WAW North America's A Night to Remember at the end of July. Next week, we're going to recap that big weekend from WWE, NXT, and AEW. And we're going to preview some POW Entertainment events, including You Better Work. And our special guest is one half of the Chicago-style tag team champions and former all-heel wrestling world champion, the fat femme Asian sensation, Mateo Valentine. He returns to the show. We're going to talk You Better Work and much more right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.